This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's up, powerful people? Matthew Bivens here, and welcome to another episode of the Having It All podcast. Yes, I am. I am. I am. I am. Normally, this is where I say, I am pumped. I'm excited. I'm grateful. But today, I, I, I simply am. That's a cool space to be in. I'm actually going through an immune system upgrade which is how we say in our household that I've got a cold. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's great when you have kids and they go to daycare, they come home with all sorts of stuff. So all three of us are going through an immune system upgrade. So right now, you know, I have immense compassion for people who are feeling some type of way, whether you're feeling off mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or in my case, physically. Yet you still need to show up for yourself. You still need to show up for others. I have a lot of compassion and can totally empathize with you today. And that segues into my magic. You know, magic is our ability to influence ourselves, others, and life in a powerful and meaningful way. And so yesterday, uh, actually, I guess technically it was this morning, um, I had a, a team meeting with this wellness community that I'm a part of here in Atlanta called the Your Day Balance Game. We had a meeting of all the different trainers and all the different folks uh, at, the, at the core of the community. And our meeting went late and went into the wee hours of the morning. Uh, I didn't leave and head home until about 2 a.m. So I got home and I'm, I am mentally very ready for bed. And I realized that I had forgotten to do my monthly commitment. I had forgotten to do the thing that I committed to for the trust challenge, which so many of you have signed up for, by the way, which is awesome. So uh, this month I have committed to continuing what I had been doing in the past, which was pull-ups, push-ups, and a squat hold. Uh, And then I added for the month of August 15 minutes of mindfulness. So at quarter to 3 a.m. this morning, I realized I had not done my squat hold yet. I had done everything else, but I hadn't done my squat hold. And I was very close. You know, it's, it's interesting. 
I had the thoughts of, that's okay, you don't need to do them. You've been very consistent and it's all right. It's late, you're tired, you're going through this immune system upgrade so your body physically just feels crummy and just, hey, it's cool, man. You can, you, can take a, you can take a breath. You can take a break. And I had that thought in my mind. It was fascinating that it, that, it, that it kicked in. But what I appreciate is how fast, how fast the next thought of, nope, I'm going to show up, how fast that kicked in. And I did my squat holds, you know? And I did them because, man, I knew the payoff of what keeping that commitment would mean. The payoff of keeping that commitment and demonstrating to myself that I can show up for myself even when I don't want to, even when I'm feeling sick, even when I'm tired, even when it's so comfortable to just skip it. But I can transcend those thoughts and I can still show up for myself. That to me is greater than any sort of pain or discomfort that I'm going to feel for a few minutes in my squat hold. And... You know, I was telling somebody this story earlier today, and actually not too long ago, and he said, that's leadership. And it is, you know, it's me being able to be the example for the folks, you know, you all who've signed up to do this commitment challenge. Who would I be if, if here I am ducking my commitments? And I have every intention of sending out an email tomorrow to everybody who signed up just to you know, give you some tips on keeping the momentum. How can I send that email out and be authentic in that email if I didn't keep my own commitment? So that was my magic, and it's something that I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember when I showed up for myself in that way, despite all the things I was feeling. And I know that for a number of you, you've been feeling some stuff as well. You know, you've been feeling some stuff as you've gone through this trust challenge. And so what I really want you to do is I want you to recognize when you're giving yourself a pass, when you're giving yourself permission to not hold your commitments and just understand the impact of, of what it means to give yourself that pass. I mean, let's, let's put this into perspective. This trust challenge for the month of August is 31 days. You have 31 days to make and keep a commitment to yourself. That's it. That's all we're doing right now. So if you live to be 100 years old, which I absolutely think and believe that we all can happily make it to 100, skip to 100 years old, well, then that means that you have 36,000, excuse me, 36,500 days. Plenty of time for you to give yourself a pass. (laughs) So don't do it this month. Don't do it for these 31 days. All you're doing when you give yourself that pass is you're training yourself to keep a back door open, which gives you an escape route from your greatness. Like, if you think about it, do you know how people who have achieved amazing things, whether it's in their health or their spirituality or in love or in career or in sports, do you know how they've achieved those amazing things? They've closed off their escape routes. They don't have them. So I want you to keep that in mind as you continue flowing. And for those of you who are listening who are like, what the heck is this monthly challenge thing? That's what's happening the month of August. Go to matthewbibbins.com slash trust 
and you can learn about it and you can still sign up. I'm going to keep this open until the last week of the month because there's still some, some benefit to keeping a commitment even for a week. But for everybody else who, who've signed up already, you keep that commitment. You're showing up for yourself. And that is my magic. So I want to give a little bit of listener love, give a shout out. Uh, and this one goes to somebody who reached out on Instagram. Uh, this goes to Cayenne. And I really appreciate your message, the message that you sent. Um, it's just, you know, they're, 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 the affirmation and the recognition, all of that is truly, truly appreciated. It's a gift. It's a gift to me. I really receive it as a deposit. Words of affirmation are definitely uh, one of my love languages. So, you know, you making that deposit to me means so much. And particularly, just taking a minute out of your day to connect. That, that gesture means a lot. And uh, I, I try to not let it go unappreciated. So, Cayenne, I really appreciate you reaching out on Instagram. And uh, if you want to reach out on Instagram and connect with me and share feedback from the show, get into a dialogue, ask a question, request a topic that you want me to cover, then do it. <laughs> you can find me Matthew underscore Bivens, and I am on Instagram at that handle or that tag name or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called, but Matthew underscore Bivens. You can also email me directly, mattcbivens at gmail.com, and I would love to connect. You know, I, I make myself accessible because the connection, the, the, the human connection, that's really what I'm, I'm about. I'm about relationships and I just, I thrive off of them. And so, you know, the, this podcast is me talking and sometimes I'll have a guest on and I'll have a conversation with them, but really it's, it's meant to be a dialogue between myself and you. And that means, you know, I'm putting things out. I want to hear... <clears throat> Excuse me. Oof, got something in my throat. I want to hear from you. So you can do that on Instagram, like I said, or on my email. I also have a contact form on my website, which you can fill out and get in touch. So there's many, many ways. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So... Today's conversation is pretty cool. Today's conversation actually comes from a listener. So this is the result of somebody listening out. Uh, I'm going to be reading a listener email and giving some feedback and, and, and responding to this person's scenario, which I know a lot of you either are experiencing or have experienced recently. And there is something for you to take away from uh, from me covering it. So Talking about relationships, 
I'm talking about what it means to be very attached to your partner, attached to the degree to which you might categorize or describe it as codependency. So I'm going to read this email. It's a pretty long email, um, but that's cool. It gives a lot of context. There's a lot of things for me to dive into. So uh, this one comes from Kira. So uh, I've sort of edited things down a little bit, and um, it was multiple emails that I that I pieced together for this, so I'm just going to get started. Kira says, I rely on others' happiness to gauge my own happiness, particularly my boyfriend. Growing up with alcoholic parents, everything was always out of control. Now I find myself trying to control everything. On top of that, I am sabotaging my relationship with the with one of the best men I know. I'm impulsive. I have mean streaks that come across as passive-aggressive. Recently, my boyfriend told me he doesn't like the personality. Does that mean he does not like me or doesn't like my behaviors? The specific topic I would like feedback on would be codependency or maybe attachment style. I find myself feeling responsible for others' happiness, particularly my boyfriend. If he's angry, I assume I made him angry and it's my job to find out why and fix it. That makes him more angry. It's a vicious cycle. Just looking for some clarity and detaching our emotions from others. We live together, so it is very hard not to feel the energy. Realizing I'm not responsible for all this energy is even harder. When we do fight, he needs space, time to process. This scares me immensely. I get completely anxious and uncomfortable wondering what he might do or say. My favorite lines are, just checking in on you. And usually end with, sorry for bothering you. I don't want to feel that way. Some of these codependent behaviors have really put a strain on our relationship. He just doesn't look at me the same anymore. And like I said previously, he told me he doesn't like the personality. That hit really hard. Being sensitive, I take that as he does not like me, period. Because I am my personality. We've been together for over two years, so it's strange to all of a sudden, quote unquote, not like my personality. He used to talk about me like I put the stars in the sky. The real question is, why do I care? I like me. I'm working on me. It sucks for someone to throw all these things in my face, especially when he knows I am evolving. It's also super frustrating because he is a bit older than me and thinks that he has most of these things figured out. I want to break these codependent habits, the obsessive thinking, the what ifs. But without his support, I just can't shake the anxiety. I asked him today where we were going out of town, and he had this weird energy towards me. He said that things will be perfect overnight, and I get that but it is very confusing. Now I can't decide if my emotions are raw and real or if I am overreacting and being codependent. So Kira, there was, well, first of all, Kira, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for the vulnerability. Thank you for being courageous in your sharing and and transparent. I think honestly that in my, like in my experience, that has done so much for me when I've been in situations like yours to be able to name what it is, describe what it is, describe how I'm feeling, describe what's frustrating me. So the fact that you did that, you know, that means a lot. Um, And I think it's amazing that you're able to get into that vulnerable space. So there's a lot in your email. You know, you talked about the codependent behavior, the attachment styles, the, you know, all, all of those things. And it's... It's a situation, the situation that you are in um, is one that feels familiar to me. You know, I, I have had a similar relationship like that, and I'll, I'll jump into that. But, you know, a topic like codependency can bring with it 
a lot of feelings, obviously. Um, I did a little Google search before uh, as I was kind of preparing for this, and there are so many articles on codependency, and so many of them are coming from either psychological or medical outlets. And I just want to put out there to everybody listening, you know, I'm not a therapist, and so I'm not going to try to go down that route of what a therapist or a clin- you know, clinician or somebody might give if they are diagnosing. I'm not here to diagnose. What I can do and what I will do is speak on it from my experience and speak on what resonated within your, your letter and how it related to you know, what I uh, what I experienced in my relationship. So I think, just think it's important to, to put that thing out there, put that little caveat out there. So like I said, I've totally been in a relationship where I have felt extremely dependent on the other person and where I felt responsible for that person's emotions. And when it ended, you know, and I had the benefit of the 2020 hindsight, that's when I realized something very pivotal for myself. I realized that I had confused my codependent behaviors and my codependent thoughts and my codependent feelings. I had confused those with love. I would say things to myself like, it's because I love you that I can't be happy when you're not happy. That's the mark of a healthy relationship. It's because I love you that I need to pry when I sense something is wrong. That's how you'll know I care, that I won't let up. You know, I I used to say and feel that it's because I love you that I feel responsible for your well-being and I feel the need to take on all of your stuff. All the while, knowing for myself, or or if I didn't know, I felt it, that I was absolutely ill-equipped to handle my own stuff. Or I was simply in denial that I had stuff. And so, again, it was that hindsight that I got after the relationship ended that I was able to see, oh my gosh, where did I pick up these unhealthy beliefs around relationships and around how people show up in relationships? And that's when I could see that I had confused and I had, I had collapsed codependency or, or codependent tendencies I'll just call them attachments, like deep attachments with love. And so it's important for you, Kira, to not confuse the two of them. And one of the things I like to think about is the difference between attachments and being connected. So when you have two magnets, you know, the opposite poles, they come together and they stick, right? They're connected. When you pull them apart, it takes a little bit of a little bit of strength, a little bit of muscle, but they come apart and they come apart cleanly. That connection, you know, can you can let go of that connection. Now, take two pieces of paper and glue them together. That's attachment. What happens when you try to pull something apart when it's attached? There's a little bit of damage. A little bit of one goes off with the other. There's some tearing. You know, things aren't the same after you try to pry two things apart that are attached. In my mind, that's how I like to think of the difference between connection and attachment. And in my relationships, I'm playing for connection. I want to be able to go in and connect with a person, 
connect with their beingness, connect with their heart, but not be attached, not be attached to what they end up choosing or how they're feeling. Because again, in my hindsight, I recognize that I was so attached to this person that when she was happy, I was like, okay, cool, I can be happy, things are great. And then when she was down, it was like, okay, all hands on deck, I got to fix this because I'm feeling down because I'm so in love with this person and she's down, I can't feel happy. That's selfish for me to feel anything other than what she's feeling. So again, I say that just to kind of create a different context around those emotions that are going on in the relationship. So Kira, I just want you to meditate on that and, and see what comes up for you. Something that came up for me as I was reading was it sounds like you're spouse-centered. It's pretty clear to me that one of your centers is your spouse, is your relationship. And so the idea of centers is something that I wasn't uh, introduced to until I read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And I have the book in front of me now, so I want to read a couple of things for you because it's going to give a little bit of context around this idea. So Covey says that whatever is at the center of our life will be the source of our security, guidance, wisdom, and power. So if you think about that, if you are a spouse-centered person or a a relationship-centered person, then your spouse is going to be the source of your security, your guidance, your wisdom, and your power. And a lot of us adopt the belief, I don't know where we pick it up, probably different for everybody, but we adopt this belief that you know when we get into a relationship, it's healthy to be spouse-centered. I know a lot of people who have the belief that once they create a family, it's healthy to be family-centered. But again, if we think of centers as our source of security, guidance, wisdom, and power, then let's explore what it means to get our security, guidance, wisdom, and power from an external source. You can probably see where I'm going with this. It's dangerous. So I'm going to read for you spouse-centeredness from Seven Habits. It says, if you are spouse-centered, this is under security, your feelings of security are based on the way your spouse treats you. You are highly vulnerable to the moods and the feelings of your spouse. There is deep disappointment resulting in withdrawal or conflict when your spouse disagrees with you or does not meet your expectations. Anything that may impinge on the relationship is perceived as a threat. That's all security when you're spouse-centered. How much of that is resonating with you right now? Let's go to guidance. If you're spouse-centered, your direction comes from your own needs and wants and from those of your spouse. Your decision-making criterion is limited to what you think is best for your marriage or your mate or to the preferences and opinions of your spouse. So how much is that resonating, Kira? For wisdom, if you're spouse-centered, your life perspective surrounds things which may positively or negatively influence your spouse or your relationship. And for power, if you're spouse-centered, your power to act is limited by weakness in your spouse and in yourself. So what I, what I want you to do is now having heard me read all of those things and had me, having you know, heard me talk about the spouse-centeredness, I just want you to like tune in to what's going on in your body. I want, to tune, I want you to tune in to the feelings that came up for you 
Because if something is stirring within you, particularly if you're feeling resistant to these ideas, if you're saying to yourself, it's completely healthy for me to put others before myself and to put my well-being on the back burner so that others are taken care of. If, if you're having thoughts like that, then pay attention to what's stirring in your body because it's communicating to you. When you feel some nerves or when you feel some anxiety or goosebumps or butterflies, all of that stuff is our body telling us that something resonated or something struck a chord. Pay attention to that. Because when you don't pay attention to those things, when you ignore them or when you explain them away, that's a form of denial. So you know you're in denial if what I'm saying and what I read is stirring something within you, but you're dismissing it. Or you're dismissing me. You're saying I'm just full of crap. Because it is what it is. What I read is simply, you know, that's the result of being spouse-centered. Those are just things that happen when we put our center, our source of security, guidance, wisdom, and power in another person. That's what happens a lot of time when we're deeply attached to our partner. And that's totally the feeling I get from reading your note. I'm going to go back into it because there were some things that you said that really got stick out, right? I rely on others' happiness to gauge my own happiness. You know? like, And I get that sentiment. I was right there too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So when I work with clients, you know, we go through a, a principle-centered development process because I shared with you what is, you know, in all intents and purposes, an ineffective, unhealthy way of being is being spouse-centered, is having your center external from you. So then what's the healthy What's the healthy alternative? It's deriving your sense of security, power, wisdom, and guidance internally. And we do that by being principle-centered. So there's a process that I take my clients through where we get clear on seven things called the seven guidelines, which are all principally based. And the first thing we get clear on is a mission statement, then values, then your roles, then your goals, then standards for what I call OTP. Those are your outer periphery of friends. Then standards for your ITP, that's your inner circle of friends. And then finally, standards for your intimate relationships. That's you and your spouse, you and your boyfriend. Each one of those things is going to add fuel to your internal fire. It's going to turn up that flame within you. Because 
to be able to be connected as opposed to attached. You want to come from that principle center. You want to come from that place. You want to come into a relationship where you don't derive your sense of happiness from them. You generate that from within. You don't derive your sense of worthiness from them, your sense of love from from another person. You don't need another person's approval because you can generate it from within. It's great to receive those things from other people. It's amazing to be loved, for have, to have somebody send us affirmations. You know, like I talked about receiving an amazing note from an Instagram follower earlier in the episode. Like it felt great. But those types of things, you know, I don't need them in order for me to be able to wake up and say, I love myself. I'm happy with myself. I accept and approve myself because those feelings are generated from within. So those seven things I listed are things for you to be thinking about and putting some some energy into creating for yourself, your mission statement, your values, your roles, your goals, your outer circle friend standards, your inner circle friend standards, and the standards for the person that you sleep next to. So it's all about being principally centered and being clear on who you are, on what you're about, on what fires you up, being clear on why you're committed to self-love and self-care, being clear on why you're making and keeping boundaries and why that's so important to you, and being clear at what's at stake when you choose to place yourself around people and in environments that don't serve you, that don't uplift you. And when you place yourself in environments and with people who aren't holding you accountable to being the powerful, badass version of yourself that maybe you envision for yourself or maybe you just know or maybe hope is there, right? Because when we don't surround ourselves with those types of people, So attachment or codependency, you know, it's a great place to hide out. It's a great place to feed those voices that say that you're not worthy, that you're not capable, that you're not lovable. And, and when you align to the principle that consciousness creates, you know, and that principle says that we're all co-creators in our experience, that you have power and you've created what you're experiencing then that means you have to take responsibility for what you've created. So you've created your boyfriend in your life. You attracted him to you. You attracted him to your energy. You said, I'm worthy of this type of partnership, and he appeared to give it to you. He appeared to give you what you asked for, what you said you were worthy of. Now, it doesn't mean that the two of you don't have a shot at transcending you know, the current reality of your relationship and becoming a tighter deeper, more synergized, more synced up couple. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's a possibility. Absolutely. And I totally hold that space. And I know, or I get the sense that that's the space that you hold for yourself in the relationship as well. You know, but, but for that to happen, let's just be real. Both parties have to be willing to grow. They have to be willing to look at the areas where they aren't as strong. They have to be willing to take responsibility for how they've been showing up. Got to be willing to do what you've done to be vulnerable and transparent and be authentic and just keep peeling back those layers. 
Because when you have all of those things, then you have ingredients to be able to grow and to heal and to, to level up the relationship. So right now for you, Kira, you know, I get the situation that you've created. You know, and I and I and I hear I hear you that you're just you're tired of it. I was as well. You know, like it's just that's not fun to be so attached to another person and to feel like you don't have control over your your emotions, you know, to to not know whether or not when you come home your 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 partner is going to be in a great mood or in a not so great mood and then you're going to be taking on that and feeling responsible for that and all of those things it's just it's not it's not a conducive environment for tons of joy and excitement in what you two are creating together as a couple and that right now is just coming from you know a, a, a space where you just aren't repped you aren't repped in creating your own sense of love you aren't wrapped in creating your own sense of wholeness or security or value from within, from, from yourself. So in the times when things are tense or when you're feeling scarce or when your tank is just low, it's easy to fall back into the ways of thinking and feeling and being that you've practiced for so long. So questions for you to ask yourself. You know, what does it look like? to create your own sense of love, to create your own sense of wholeness, to create your own sense of security and value. You know, it's, it's definitely unique for everybody. And that's something that only you can ultimately answer. I know for myself, as I went through my seven guidelines, a lot of things became clear for me. You know, as I got clear on my values, what are the things that I value most? What are the top seven values that I hold in my life? And what do those values mean to me? And what is their priority? If I needed to rank them, if I was in a situation where one value is pitted against another, which one's winning out? And knowing those things, because when you know them, then you can step into any situation and understand where you're going to be making your decisions from. Or at least you're very clear as to when you make a decision from those seven values, you are being aligned with yourself. Beautiful things happen when you act from a space of alignment. And then when you get clear on your roles, you're understanding what roles are most important to you in your life. Because everybody has different roles and some of them are more important than others. So it's understanding which ones are, more, are, are most important and why. And what do you need to do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, in the, each of those roles so that you are feeling like you're showing up powerfully in those roles, so that you can feel like you are upholding your responsibility in those roles, and so that you can feel like you are receiving a sense of fulfillment from those roles. What does all of that mean? And then with your goals, you know, what are the things that you're playing for in life? What are those things that you're like, you know what, if money was no object, if, if, if I was totally confident in myself, this is what I'd be playing for. This is what I'd be going for. What are those things that you might call dreams that we can shift and call B-hags, big, hairy, audacious goals? 
What's your mission statement? What's your bigger why? What's your purpose? What's that thing that lights you up in the morning before your feet hit the floor? You can just feel some excitement because you know you're playing a big game for yourself that is aligned with who you know yourself to be and where you want to go in life. What is that thing? What's that flame that's burning in you? And then what are those standards for the people that you invite into your life, the people who occupy your outer circle of friends, your inner circle of friends, and that oh-so-important space in the bed next to you? What, what do you want that person to be about? You know? It's, it's so important to get clear on those things because when we're not clear, we can just ride off of all sorts of different things. Most of the time, we're riding off our emotions. And when we're riding off emotions all the time, things get choppy, things get tricky. But when you're riding off principle, when you derive your source of power, security, guidance, and wisdom from within, then you can step into a relationship and instead of start adopting those attached codependent behaviors, those attached codependent feelings that you've done in the past, well, you've repped something different. And you can step into a relationship and say, listen, I've been working on these things for myself. I've been working on getting very clear on who I am and what I'm about, what's important to me. I've been working on deriving my sense of love and wholeness and value and completion and worthiness from within. And since I can, I can cultivate those from within, I'm not looking to you. I'm not placing that responsibility on you to do it. So that means we can get to playing some cool games because I'm not sitting here thinking that you aren't giving me something that I need, that you aren't being this person that I desperately need. I'm not placing expectations on that person. We're flowing, we're loving, we're being. And I really get the sense here that that's what you're playing for. I mean, isn't that what we're all playing for in relationships? I mean, shoot, I know with, with Sarah, you know, that's, that's the relationship we're playing for and it's, you know, we're, we're, we're both clear on it. And the path to get there is not always an easy path, particularly when we're so repped in some codependent behaviors and we're so repped in attachment styles and it's being reinforced from all sorts of interesting places that it's good for you to not be able to be happy when your spouse is sad. It's good for you to be completely family-centered and totally put your well-being on the back burner. Your well-being probably doesn't even make it on the list because all sorts of other people are taking priority. And we're just taught that that's, that's what it's supposed to look like. But what happens? We get burnt out. Our tanks are empty. We get disillusioned. We get frustrated. We start to go and become critical of ourselves. We become incredibly judgmental of ourselves. We don't feel like we're never ever good enough. We constantly question ourselves. Our confidence goes down. And when all that stuff happens, then we just attach to people more and more and more. So you mention it. It's a vicious cycle. And at some point, you got to break the cycle. And if, the, if your current actions and thoughts and relationships, you know, how you relate to yourself, others in life, have created the results you're experiencing right now, because that's what's happened, then I'm going to ask you a, que- a rhetorical question. What do you think is going to create new results? It's adopting new actions, new relationships, new thoughts. That's how you're going to create new results. 
So if you want to keep doing the same things over and over, I mean, you already know what you can expect in terms of results. So, you know, throughout this, uh, this, this somewhat longer than I anticipated response, actually, no, we're not flowing that too well, that long. Awesome. You know, I, I have given you a couple of things, hopefully, that you can take away and go and apply, you know, and start practicing. You got to start somewhere, you know, and it's like it, some of these things are going to feel weird and they're going to feel foreign. You're going to sit down and what are my values? What is this? And you're going to be, you know, thinking about the difference for yourself between attachment and codependency and love and trying to, to detangle all of those things. Like, and it's just going to feel weird and uncomfortable and you're not going to want to do it. And that's what happens when we're attempting something new when we're treading on a new territory, you know, when, when you're going into a new direction on a new path, it feels uncomfortable, but that's okay. People don't grow in comfortable environments. It just doesn't happen. I just came from a workout. Your muscles don't grow when they're in a, in a, constantly in a comfortable environment. At some point, you got to introduce a little bit of discomfort. And that's all we're doing. Just introducing a little bit of, of, of discomfort in the form of shifting up those actions, those relationships, those thoughts, that ART, changing your art forms because they've been creating a certain result in your relationship and in your life, and now you want a new result. So those are the things that um, I recommend you explore for yourself. You know, that's my feedback. And just keep, keep flowing with it. I get from you that you know there is that you want to create different results in your life, and I think the fact that you have reached out to me and and the community really because now this is a community thing, all of us are benefiting from what you've shared, Kira. So we're all benefiting from your vulnerability and your courage. And it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there in the way that you've done, and to give me the thumbs up to go ahead and read your email on an episode knowing that 50,000 people are going to hear it this month. Yeah. That takes a lot of courage. And that courage that you've used so far, that's, that's going to power you and fuel you as you start making these shifts, as you start getting clear on things for yourself, as you start creating boundaries, as you start exploring those attachments, you're going to need that courage. So I'm telling you, you already have it. That courage is already within you. You've, you've put it on display for all of us. So I'm excited to hear your feedback, Kira. Shoot me a response. Tell me how, how um, this episode made you feel. What came up for you? What resonated? Where did you feel that internal resistance? Where did, where did you have thoughts that were like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Who is this guy? Those are the areas that I would love, love to hear. And same from you listening, you know. Give me some feedback on this. What comes up for you when I read what it means to be spouse-centered? What comes up for you when you hear that? I would love to receive your, your truth on all of that. So you can hit me up on Instagram, Matthew underscore Bivens. Uh, I'd love for you, if you're listening to this episode right now, take a screenshot of it and make a little post and tag me in it. That way I know you're listening to this one and we can jump into a dialogue on it. Or uh, a number of you have been tagging me in the stories. That's super cool. Uh, so continue to do that. 
And I do my best, by the way. I think Instagram stories, they like go away after 24 hours or something, I think. So a number of times I'll jump in there and see I have a message and the stories went away a few days ago. So, you know, Instagram is an area that I'm 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 getting my reps in. So uh, if you reach out to me, just just be patient with me. But do reach out or email me, Matthew, no, mattcbivens at gmail.com. Let's talk about this. Let's do it. And lastly, I'm going to plug the trust challenge again because it's such a great opportunity for all of you to do what Kira is going to be doing. And that's getting clear on how you can make commitments for yourself and show up for yourself by committing to doing one thing for yourself every day for one month, for the month of August, committing to do one specific thing. For me, my big commitment is 15 minutes of mindfulness. 15 minutes of mindfulness. Today, that looked like sitting in my backyard, setting a 15-minute timer, closing my eyes, putting my feet in the grass, and meditating. Yesterday, it looked like something totally different. Yesterday, it looked like an ohm, an orgasmic meditation. And for and if that just made your eyes go up, orgasmic meditation, what the heck is that? Google it and go back and listen to some previous episodes where I talk about orgasmic meditation because it is powerful. Woof. Powerful stuff. All right. I appreciate you all hanging out. I really do. I appreciate you flowing with me. I appreciate Kira. I appreciate you just opening up, putting yourself out there like that so that we all can benefit because every one of us got something from this conversation today. We all did. So I love you all. I truly do. And I am so inspired by you choosing an abundant, loving life for yourself. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. You know, we change the world. We change the world by impacting ourselves, our families, our communities. When we choose to create abundant, loving lives. It's world changing. It's amazing. So, forever humbled and grateful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My name is Matthew Bivens. Here is to you having it all. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.